to our church family. I do need to take the opportunity to say this. Don't let live stream become your alternative to gathering together when all of this is over. We are still commanded to assemble together and there are great blessings in doing so. I know I told you to go to Proverbs 13, but go to Psalm 22 just for a minute. I want to show you this. Psalm 22, and then we'll jump over to Hebrews chapter 2. But let's start in Psalm 22. This psalm is certainly prophetic of Christ. We can tell that immediately from verse 1, where it says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? We know Jesus Christ said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me when he was on the cross? And we know immediately this is speaking of Christ. And all the way through verse 21, we find an account of Jesus' crucifixion. But then in verse 22, the psalm begins to take a turn in another direction where it says, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Now the psalm is shifting to a prophecy of the resurrected Lord during the church age. And we see it is prophesied that Christ would praise God in the midst of the congregation. Isn't that amazing? Now go to Hebrews chapter 2 on this where that verse is quoted. Hebrews chapter 2, would you join me in verse 9, and I'll read through verse 12. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that He, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became Him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. Verse 12 there is almost a direct quote from Psalm 22, verse 22, but the word for congregation from Psalm 22 is now church in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 12. I wanted you to see this because I want you to understand the magnitude of us meeting together when we are able to assemble physically together. Jesus Himself says, I will declare God's name unto the brethren. We're the brethren. Amen. And that's exciting in and of itself, but it says, He will sing praise unto God in the midst of the church. And that's when we're all assembled together. Amen. In our midst. What a thought. What a thought. Don't get into the habit of live stream replacing our physical gathering together. It's a great tool we have right now to use for the time being. It's wonderful for these particular circumstances. But when things get back on track, I want you to run back to the house of God. Amen. Live stream is good to get us through times like this, or if somebody's sick, 
or if somebody snowed in. I can't believe we're still having snow this morning. But there's nothing like the real thing. Amen. So when all this dies down, please don't let this become your substitute. All right, for tonight, you can go back to Proverbs 13 at this point. I want to return to the series I began at the beginning of the year, which centers around our theme, Believe to See, taken from Psalm 27.13, which says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So our theme this year is believe to see. We're believing to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It's hard to look around at a congregation with so little people and think that we're seeing the goodness of the Lord. But God is good all the time. And I know people are watching at home and that's a comfort. But if I was honest with you tonight, I probably would faint during this time unless I knew I could believe to see the goodness of the Lord. I mentioned this morning how Jesus will take time in revealing certain truths to us. And if you would have told me just four years into this that we would be facing these days, it would have been depressing to know that back then, especially with some of the circumstances that have fallen out as a result of this. As you should be aware by now, I was originally drawn to this theme for altogether different reasons. I was hopeful that we would see two morning services on Sunday packed out. That we would be reaching more people for God's glory. Perhaps we are reaching more people. I've been surprised with the Facebook response. I don't pretend to think that everybody who registers as of you is actually watching it and listening to the whole sermon. But I don't know. The whole idea though was to go forward by faith, believing to see what God would do through that. Of course, when that decision was made, I had no idea what the future held. And by the way, I still don't. But that's why it's called faith. Had I known the coronavirus response would be disrupting life the way it is, then I doubt a move would have been made. But come to find out, it was good to continue with our plans because God still used it. Now, we can't know the end from the beginning, but God does. Amen. And it's good that we don't know the end from the beginning because while I would have forgone Sunday morning services until after the pandemic, God in His providence used two services as a great blessing because it allowed us to meet in two smaller groups beginning on the very same weekend that it really began to disrupt our life in this region. Amen. That's awesome. I'm so glad he knows the end from the beginning. I was thinking a blizzard might interfere with things. But I never would have believed 
we'd be facing a direct hit like we're seeing today, dealing with such disruptions in our day-to-day life over what may end up be a period of months. Now with our county finally entering substantial community spread and our services being drastically changed for the time being, I look at our theme verse far differently than I did back there in January. Now I'm believing to see the goodness of the Lord just to have a return to normalcy. Despite all the disruptions, wouldn't you agree that we've been very blessed in our part of the country? I really do appreciate our governor's approach to all of this in believing in the ability of the people to govern themselves. And she's taking a lot of heat for that out there in other states and in the media especially. But I for one am thankful For being the second largest city in South Dakota, we've seen only a few recorded cases in our county. In fact, the latest numbers indicate there's only three known cases in our county. I'm sure there are more that are undetected. We still need to be prudent. And one would imagine the amount of cases will continue to rise as we go in the weeks to come. But I just want to say we've been so blessed. Now for tonight's message, we'll be in Proverbs 13. And at this point, I'll I'll be brief. (laughs) But this thought came to me as I was typing up the latest Facebook post for Friday night. Look at me, please. Uh, (laughs) Look at me. Don't look at me. Look with me. And Proverbs 13, 12. <laughs> Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Now look at me. <laughs> I think many can identify with this passage. At some point or another, there are things we hope for in this life. But when that hope is deferred and time goes by, it makes our hearts sick. Which means it makes it weak, afflicted, wounded. Some of you may be able to apply this to when you hope the message will be finished, but when it doesn't end on time, your heart grows sick. But when the message is over... It's a tree of life. I love how everybody gets real quiet in church. As soon as the sermon's over, man. Kids are running around. People are talking loud. Anyway, um, your heart is revived. It's satisfied. It's evident from how our passage reads that hope and desire go hand in hand. Hope deferred, but when the desire cometh. Meaning what you hope for is your desire And what you desire is your hope. I want you to understand that what you hope for and what you desire, it reveals where your heart is at. Because when your hopes and desires are deferred, it makes your heart sick. 
It reveals your heart. So what are your desires tonight? What is it you sit around thinking about? What is it that you long for? What is it that drives you? What is your delight in? Someone has rightly said you have got to get a handle on your desires or they will handle you. Be honest with yourself and consider what it is you desire most. What fills your thoughts the most? Are they carnal desires or are they spiritual desires? What you desire determines your action. And I truly hope that being away from church has created in you a hope to be gathered together again soon. I really hope your desire is that the day is coming soon when our ministries can once again operate as God has blessed them to do. I had desired to see two Sunday morning services full, but now I desire just to see us be able to return to a normal church service. To return to what we were doing before the outbreak ever happened. Now I still desire two Sunday morning services and and honestly, based on the response we saw for the few weeks that we were able to do that, it was very encouraging. Uh, There was a good mix in both services and so I do believe that's still the best course of action going forward. And I'm still believing to see the goodness of the Lord in that endeavor. It's my personal opinion that I think we're going to see a great response once all this is over. And I'm not even a natural optimist. God's timing and God's ways are always best. My hope at this moment, however, is to be back assembled together in one accord, in one place again. That's how God intends us to assemble. The computer is a good alternative when we're sick, snowed in, can't make it. But it's not God's plan. Acts 2.1 says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And then following that, it says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Great things happen to people who will gather together in one accord in one place. The greatest of these blessings is when God shows up. This should be our hope. This should be our desire. It should make our hearts sick that we are unable to gather together like we once were. It's my hope that we can see the choir assembled again. Singing praises to our Lord. It's 
my hope that our special music can give back to singing unto the Lord again. And it breaks my heart that we can't have the choir up there singing right now. It's my hope that we can get the buses back out on the road and pick up those children once again. It's my hope to once again be able to go downstairs and to see the room below us loud and kids running and just the joy that takes place down there in between services. It breaks my heart that we can't see those kids here right now. It's my hope that we'll be able to see our Wednesday night children's ministries back up and going this fall. It breaks my heart that we're likely going to have to cancel VBS this year as it is currently scheduled. It's my hope to get our Sunday school hour back on track again. A time when we can really tailor the lessons to the ages that are present. It's my hope to get our discipleship class back up and going just as soon as we can. And it breaks my heart that we aren't able to function as we were able to just a little over a month ago. Does it break your heart like it breaks mine? Or are you content either way? I sure hope you're praying for God to bring an end to all of this. Because when the desire cometh, it's a tree of life. It's sweet to the soul. Look at verse 19. The desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. I long for the day when this desire becomes reality. How sweet it'll be. How do we get from verse 12 to verse 19? Well, this is probably a message for another time. So just quickly, let's consider verses 13 through 18. Would you look at those? Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of the transgressors is hard. Every prudent man dealeth with knowledge, but a fool layeth open his folly. A wicked messenger falleth into mischief, but a faithful ambassador is health. Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction, but he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. Just real quick, I want you to take notice that verse 13 mentions the word and the commandment. Verse 14 mentions the law and wisdom. Verse 15 mentions good understanding and favor. Verse 16 mentions prudence and knowledge. Verse 17 mentions being faithful. Verse 18 mentions instruction and reproof. For one to go from the kind of desires which are being deferred in verse 12 to those, the right kind of desires, to those desires being fulfilled and sweet to the soul in verse 19, 
it appears to me there's a message for us in these verses that's in between those two. And without dragging the message out, because hope deferred make it the heart sick, we need the Word of God and what the Word of God can produce in our life. If we embrace God and His Word, then there is a reward from God. There is a fountain of life. We depart from the snares of death. There is favor. There is knowledge. And there is honor. But if we forsake the Word of God, our desires become crooked. And we see in these verses that there will be destruction. The way of the transgressors is hard. It's foolish. There's mischief, poverty, and shame. I for one want God's best. Don't you? Then we must heed the Word of God. I want to see this desire to be reunited accomplished. And when that happens, it will be sweet to the soul. What's your hope tonight? What are you hoping for? I want you to take extra time this week and hope for a return to the day when our church can get our ministries going again. When we can gather together again to sing praises to our God for His honor and His glory. I mean it. I really miss it. I miss everyone being in here. What a joy it was for Brother Long and I to stand up here and look out over the sanctuary and see a packed house. That'll do something for you when you're up here looking out. It was such a joy to see that. What a joy to be able to hear everybody sing. What a joy to be able to hear you say amen. Lift up holy hands to God. I miss it. If you haven't figured it out by now, I'm a very emotional guy. I like church. And I get excited in church. I miss it. The longer this drags out, the more my heart grows sick. But I just keep believing to see. Because when the desire is accomplished, it's sweet to the soul. It's a tree of life. Would you pray for God? Listen now, don't just, don't just give me eye service and ears. Would you please pray for God to get us back to the place where we can do more for Him? I'm thankful this has propelled us into the realm of live streaming. This is not how our church family is to continue. Christ shed His blood so that we might assemble together. So that based upon the prophecy that we read tonight in Psalm 20-22, that Jesus Christ could sing praises in the midst of the church. Amen. 
Would you be in earnest prayer this week about it? And I mean, will you set aside some time to do nothing but pray about this situation? And maybe even fast and pray. I would recommend that. Is your heart sick tonight? Mine is. I long for the day when this is over. May God help us. And may we develop a burning desire to be together once again. For Christ's sake. Amen. Let's pray.